Welcome back, my friends, to the Swiss Pod, where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others of the league. This is Carlos Vargas, and as every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. Every week might be an overstatement, but that's true. <laughs> this <laughs> week, well, certainly right. <laughs> well, well I, think I think it's technically every week, even if it is reruns. <laughs> right. right. Like, same bad channel, same bad time, not live. Right. 22 episodes a year. Right, right. <laughs> we actually have a better consistent rate than some of the TV shows. Because it, they record six, and then they are six months, and they haven't finished That's the true. season. That's true. That's true. And so, then they release one, and you're like, wait, what happened? I thought that you were gone. So. so so, do we need to let everybody know that while the SAG strike was going on, we were prevented from making new episodes? That... That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if only we had such a such an easy excuse. <laughs> well, I think it's part of like new season, uh, everything that is happening, live travel. That's so, true. That's true. So for those who don't who, who who haven't been following along, Paul and I are consummate kind of uh, conference visitors, right? We go to a lot of conferences mm-hmm. for for technology, and this is the busy season, right? The yes. like. August starts ramping up, September continues to ramp, and then you've got October and November are kind of back to back. I back think, to back. yeah, I think I was home one week from like October 1st to today, and I'm not home today. This is a hotel, so. <laughs> and then I will be home for Thanksgiving week, and then I'm home four days after Thanksgiving, and then I'm back on a plane for a conference. Then I get home from that, and I'm immediately back on a plane for another conference. Nice. And How then, many of them then it's. None, none, none of those. None. One is London. So I get to go to London. I'm super Good. excited to go back to London. Um, and then the second one is Austin again. I'm no. currently sitting in Austin right now for for a security convention. I was in Vegas last week or the week before one of those weeks, and it was torturous. The traffic was yes. horrible, and the price of on-strip resorts were measured in thousands, not hundreds. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was not a fun experience. Yeah, so I, I watched a thing, and apparently, if you want to land a plane, any plane, no matter how big or small, in Vegas um, around F1 time, which is what this is, yeah. it's seven thousand dollars surcharge for landing. Yes, right. Nor- normally, it's twenty dollars. Just to put right. that in context, normally it's twenty. It's like like they charge you to land. They charge a parking fee. Right. That parking fee is normally twenty dollars. It is now seven thousand dollars. Right. Wow. Correct, because they expect so much traffic from Formula One, and people will come in from all over, and it is a very high end event, and so there'll be a lot of a lot of private plane traffic, um, and they need to discourage the private plane traffic that doesn't have to be there, so that they can get it down to something manageable for. And keep in mind, this is three area airports that have the same surcharge, <laughs> so they can get it down to the same to to a reasonable number of of planes and manage the traffic. Wow, yeah. What it's is egregious. Formula One? <laughs> You're not familiar. I think it's I think it's soccer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but also, like that's important to note too, because like Vegas doesn't have the ability to handle this traffic, and Formula One is one thing. The Super Bowl is a complete other. Hmm. You think it'll be more of a nightmare than Formula? Way one? more. Oh. Way more. Super Bowl is the most watched, people. most watched sporting event in certainly in the U.S. by an enormous margin. Right. Um, and so it's going to drag, it's going to drag a lot of people to that area. Um, and, and 
I, going to Super Bowl 50, what, what I actually saw was the number of people that showed up to the Super Bowl but didn't have Super Bowl tickets was, also, was, was already enormous, right? And the way Vegas is laid out, it's, there is no mixed commercial. True. Right? It's all hotels on the Strip. It's all right. hotels plus or minus a block of the Strip, right? Like either side of the right. Strip for, for one or two blocks. That, that weird middle ground. Yeah. Right. And so you go to any other city and people have to like the density of people is strangled and thus managed a little bit by the fact that the number of rooms just don't exist. They all exist in Vegas. Right. And so mm -hmm. you'll have, you'll have Super Bowl parties and Super Bowl events for people that don't even have tickets that are still going to come in for the Super Bowl because that's where it's happening. Mm. You know, it will be interesting if they will put it on the dome. So the they sphere? can sell. So they so the they sphere. can sell the the access, so you can watch it from far away. I'm willing to bet they're absolutely doing that. At least, right. I yeah. <laughs> would be it. It'd actually be really cool to do like a 360 degree view at field level, right? So if you're watching it, you're seeing it from field level, and as you look around, what you see is the stands, right? That would be cool. That'd be that'd be really neat. So during our time off in the last four weeks, we were in fact together in a single city. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah, true. that's true. We did not take the opportunity to do anything. We blame Carlos. To be, to be clear, right? <laughs> we, while we were in the same city, Paul and I spent at least a hundred hours together. That's correct. Yeah. Carlos, Paul, and I spent zero minutes together <laughs> because apparently. We don't rate high enough for Carlos to make the time. That's right. He couldn't make the 10 mile shift from his location yes. to our location. Yes. And to be clear, doesn't he like work for you or something? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And yet, apparently, he was working. And yet, can't be bothered. <laughs> apparently, was working. Doesn't go well. <laughs> and yet, couldn't even meet us and ride That's a ride. That's true. Even his part-time gig, he works for me. <laughs> and I, we still couldn't net a meeting. We still couldn't net any FaceTime whatsoever. There's no you other influence we have over Carlos, apparently. Right. I think we need to think about this a little bit more carefully. I have to do something because I, I need I need you guys working for me. So they there. Yeah, exactly. 360. Apparently, we don't understand this, hot, this relationship. That's true. That's true. Apparently, we've, we've got that power dynamic all messed up. <laughs> So if, if we think about that or everything that we saw, sometimes we may have a decision to make. And when we make that decision, we, we made it. So it's our decision. But sometimes someone else made a decision or take a decision. Could be buying something, could be leaving, could be going somewhere else. Is that my fault that they made a decision that I didn't like, or it's yeah, just, so, I don't even have my choice. So, so this is my topic. Normally, in fairness, Paul creates the topic that we talk about, and <laughs> he does about 20 seconds before we click the start button. Um, this time it was me. This mm -hmm. time it's all on me. And, and the topic, I overheard something. So a company lost an employee, and their, their direct manager was overheard saying, um, the person left for reasons, and I know 100% it's not my fault. Like I 100% didn't have anything to do with their decision to leave. Right. Right. Um, but the fact is, right, people don't leave bad companies, they leave bad bosses. Yeah. Well, what's, Every... the percentage? what's the percentage of people who leave that is because of their manager? 
Well, if the manager is perfect, like it's the best manager you've ever worked for, which would have to be for you to have 0% culpability, right? then you don't actually leave the company. Right. Right. You'd have to make four times as much, not even twice as much, four times as much to leave the company at that juncture. Right. Right. Like there's so little, uh, there's so little that makes people leave that is purely 100% money. Money might be the excuse that you have, might be the reason, might be the final straw even, yeah. you know? But it is never the 100% thing. But it's fair to say, even if it is money, that's still a flaw of the manager. Is it, it not, is still would a... you not put that in the category of I mean, not anticipating their needs, not fighting for their value, not... Well, certainly not being effective at it. Yeah. Right? Sure. Like, And if it was that sense of urgency, maybe not establishing the, the right sense of urgency... Right. Like I would say that there are absolutely, that, that there's a million little things, right? And even if you had no control, even if you fought as much as you could, did the employee not know that you fought as much as you could? Like it still shouldn't have been a surprise. It still should have been a, hey, this is well telegraphed. And like he and I talked about it or they and I talked about it. And, you know, while it happened today, we've known about it for four months because we've both been fighting together side by side to make this happen and it couldn't happen. And, and the clock ran out. So is it, under over 50% of the reason managers, the reason why somebody's leaving. And, and um, it could be the intrinsic or extrinsic reason. Based on Google, uh, says that it's 75%. 75%. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's over 50%. Yeah. So 75% right. of the time, people are leaving because of the manager, either their manager's ineffectiveness or their manager's behavior, attitude, all those other Sure. Any number of things. Problematic personality yeah. traits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would say even in the 25% where they're not leaving because of the manager, they're still leaving because of the manager. Right. right? Like, like, again, it may not be the direct reason, but to say you have zero culpability, ah, right. no one, no one has ever left an organization that has worked for me where I can say I had 0% culpability. And I had one guy get recruited by a family member to do a role I couldn't open for him at a with an equity position, and yet still I had some culpability in the fact that he took the call. Right, right. It was a it was it was absolutely fantastic for his job. It was fantastic for his career. It was all these things, but that doesn't mean that I get off zero that I get off completely scot free because I didn't create that for him where he was at. So that's my fault. I, right, I I'm, have some culpability in that. I'm intrigued by the premise. Why would this person have believed it's 100% not their fault? Like, what were the reasons that they would have projected to say, here's why I wouldn't have been at, you know, involved in the decision? Did, um, did you surmise that? No. No, okay. Like, no, did they and, say and... things like it was 100% money or it was a... No, they, said, they said, yeah, he said it was 100% money. Okay. I took it to leadership. Um, leadership didn't make any moves, and so they left. Got it. Okay. Interesting. A lot, a lot of times, still, like you said, you don't move because of money. Co correct. You correct. actually, you, th there's a lot of positives when you are established. I will say that a lot of times people move because there's not a clear vision on where they can use their skills and how they can progress, or let's say, where do I want to be in the next two or three years? 
jobs are very sticky, right? For the most part, it would have to be a relatively substantial financial change for you to mm -hmm. leave, right? Uh, the reality is, you know, I work for a job. I'm comfortable at what I'm doing. I'm good at what I'm doing. I'm an effective. I can see the future. 3% change, 5% change, maybe even 10% change feels more risky than not. So why would I change? 25%, 30%. Well, that's that's something to think of it. Right. But and what percentage of the time would you move to another role with that kind of jump? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the stats I mean, are. We're all different, right? We're all completely different people. However, I'm not moving unless it's 4X, assuming it's 100% money. Right. Right. If it's 100% money, money. <laughs> correct, then it's 4X. I wouldn't move unless it was 4X. Right. right. Because the grass isn't greener on the other side. Right. And money is simply one aspect. It's simply one dynamic of an organization and how an organization works. And if someone's going to pay me 2x, they're going to ask more. If they're going to pay 4x, they're going to ask more. Right. And so I need to think about like what's the culture, what's the environment, what's the reporting structure, right? What's going to be asked of me at this new organization that is a complete unknown. Mm -hmm. Right. Because up to this point, it's just a uh, Tinder profile. <laughs> Right? I don't work there, so it's just a Tinder profile, yeah. right? Um, so it's got to be 4X, right? It, if it's a, is that again, all a devil you know kind of thing? You know, you know, might not be satisfied here, but I'm satisfied enough. No, no, it's correct. It's, it, yeah. it absolutely is. And, and currently I'm satisfied enough that it's a 4X, Yeah. right? I've been at other places where it was like 55 more cents. <laughs> <laughs> right? But at that point, I'm leaving. I'm I'm leaving because of bad management. I just haven't found the right place to leave to. Right. I don't want to jump from the frying pan into the fire, but I'll jump from a frying pan to a less hot frying pan if the frying pan gets turned up high enough. Right. Right. Um, and so, so again, right. And if I left for any reason, including money, including four X, some percentage of that is still on the leadership. Some percentage is still on my manager. They weren't able to pay me what the market determined I was worth. And the market determines your worth by somebody else paying it. And therefore, right? Because again, if it's 4X, even if they were like, you're not worth 4X, right? Yeah, but if someone's going to pay me 4X, I'm probably worth 2X. Right. Right. I'm probably worth 150%, 1.5X. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously worth more than I was being paid in your organization based solely on the fact that they will pay me that much more. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like, mm, that's still on you, buddy. So how many times in your career, both of you, have you left based on the manager? Either their behavior or their ineffectiveness? Um, maybe not Maybe no. not number is valuable, but ha has it occurred? Like, was was there an obvious reason why you left because of the manager? Yes. And what was the circumstance? Yeah. Like, what was the, is it, was it behavior? Was it attitude? Was it ineffectiveness? Was it non-caring? What, what was it? All of the above. All of the above. Okay. Right. Um, okay. I, I left, I've left an organization because my direct manager was okay, but the person above them saw, didn't see lasting value. And so mm -hmm. I, I got tired of managing people that made twice what I made and having to, having to work like uh, you know i've told this story before i i worked 150 days 51 days straight at an organization mm -hmm. every day uh monday through friday 
I would start at 4.30 in the morning and I would log out at 8.30 p.m. Hmm. Right? And that, that gave me a take home that was within 20% of the people who worked for me. Hmm. Right. And I couldn't get anybody to make any movement. It's like, I'm consistently rated in the top. I'm consistently doing the job of 2X and 3X, the people around me. Right. Um, I do not feel appreciated by the people above my, my leadership. And my leadership pulled out every stop they could do. Right. They really used all the tools at their disposal, which is how I got overtime, which is how I got, you know, many other things to try to, to try to retain me. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's a leadership problem. I got to go. Right. So in that um, respect, would you agree if that manager had said to their manager, it's 100% not my fault that Howard left? Um, still no. Still no. <laughs> still no. Your job as a leader is to represent your people to leadership and ensure that never happens. Right. Ensure that situation is never created. And if it is, to then turn around and, and help your people get the fuck out of the organization. Right. Right. Like... Like he should have been like, hey, the thing you want is never going to happen. I will continue to do anything I can for you here, but let's also talk about what I can do for you not here anymore. Right? That, like, that's interesting. So it's almost like saying what's what's not correct is that it's 100% not my fault that's leaving. But it's perfectly reasonable to say, you know what? It's 100% um, true that I help them leave. Correct. <laughs> That's acceptable to say versus 100% not my fault. Correct. Is that politically correct from a sense that you're saying that you're going to help them? I I understand what you're saying. That is that if within the company, they cannot get to the role or position that they're trying to get, that you help them because like we have talked before in this program that, hey, it's better to have qualified people that at some point they may leave because then they're productive while they're with us than have someone that somebody that is not productive. So is it okay that then internally you discuss that? It absolutely is. It's totally, totally fine politically to help them leave more. So there are some really good tech companies that if you're not happy, will pay you to leave. If you want to do something else, they'll pay you to leave. They will hand you a check shake your hand and say, go do great things. We don't, we want you to go where you want to be and they will pay you to leave. Right. Um, I could see why you're asking the question, right? It feels politically strife, right? That, that yeah. you wouldn't necessarily want to admit that as a leader, but I readily admit that as a leader internally, that if we have a conversation and we determine that you've hit your ceiling and your career would be best bet externally achieving a certain role, I will 100% help you achieve that goal. And I will let the rest of the organization that I'm letting them, I'm doing this with them. Correct. And will that always be accepted by senior leadership? No. doesn't mean I'm going to change my behavior because it's effective for the person. Correct. So how do we get, because I think that, like you mentioned, there's companies that have policies that have helped other ones to leave, uh, other leaders are learning and help their people to grow. And that may be internal or external. Yeah. How do we help others? Because within the last two or three months, I have talked to a lot of uh, recent graduates, um, PhDs, and that is really good leadership coaching or training. But when I ask them, have you 
got any classes or anything, and they're a, we don't have any clue about how to lead people. So how can we help that new generation of, I would say, technology professionals that are educated, that are going through all these challenges, but nobody then help them to then mentor them or, or grow them as leaders in there to do that? Reach out and sign up for the Sweet Spot Mentorship Program. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? Paul and I mentor a lot of people individually. Mm -hmm. right if someone wants help they just need to reach out and at some point if we if we are asked we will happily do it professionally like we will happily come in and mentor your organization mentor your leadership run a class build a program along with you that fits your organization and and do that um we are we are more than happy to do to do that and as well as point you to things that have worked for us in the past right it doesn't have to be a commercial arrangement um But I will also say, <clears throat> if you are looking for that, please don't fall for the, um, I've never held a real job in my life managing more than two people, but I'm suddenly a mentor for C-suite executives. I get the, I see that kind of crap all the time, right? <laughs> people are constantly reaching out to me on LinkedIn. Hey, I mentor C-suite executives just like you. And I look at their profile and it's like, you were manager of a yarn barn. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. you're 22, you recently graduated college and live in a van. There is, while that doesn't mean there's nothing you can teach me, you are not a C-suite executive mentor to anyone that actually earned a title in the C-suite. Um, you know. Uh, I don't need a lifestyle mentor. I require a career mentor. <laughs> right, right. It's very much like those guys that, were, that, that claim, I was a million dollar a year salesperson. And then you look into it and it's like, hmm, you worked for an organization that booked a million in, in sales. You got a commission that at the top is a hundred grand that you pay tax on. <laughs> you, right. make, you are not the expert that you claim to be. Plus, <clears throat> if you're able to make a million dollars in commissions every year, you don't have time to write a book. <laughs> Nor would it make any sense for you to write a book that's going to get you $2,500 a year or classes that are going to net you a hundred K a year. You're busy carrying a bag and turning a million dollars into five. And I, I don't know if I want to be a 10,000 air. Uh, right. I right. might have aspirations that are higher. Right. That's like going a 10,000 air. <laughs> right. But I agree it's, with, with Howard. It's, it's, a, it's a multi-hundred air, sir. It's a multi-hundred air. <laughs> the general response here is, is mentorship, right? You, the only way, not, you know, I use the word only loosely. The way that we would absolutely recommend is that you're finding people to which you want to mirror your leadership style on, because it is fair to say that there are multiple leadership styles. It's also fair right. to say, even though Howard and mine are relatively close, doesn't mean we're right. It just means we have been effective in our 30-year-ish careers each, and sure. you could probably just be just as effective as us doesn't necessarily mean it's the only way to do it, but we're happy to Absolutely share what not. we know, right? Correct, correct. And I can't share what I don't know, and I can't, and, and I'm reticent to share what has never worked for me. Right. And that's the other thing that, that you know, I advise people to pay attention to, right? Um, no one is going to give you this, the cheat code that's going to work perfectly for you with no tuning. At the same time, if you are going to, to have people that are going to help you, make sure they've done some of this stuff before. Hmm. Make sure they've been in the position before. 
right? I, I always chuckle when people are giving interview advice and it's like, how many times have you, like how many people have you interviewed? Oh no, I've just, I've just had seven jobs. Well, that's not like, talk to someone who's interviewed a thousand people. <laughs> right. Talk to someone who's looked at 10 to 40,000 resumes in their career. Talk to someone that's hired hundreds of people right. and fired hundreds of people. Yes. Right. Like, like talk to someone that's gone through the churn that can talk about, Hey, these are the things that, that I saw in the interview that I now look for because when I saw them and thought they were good, they really weren't, they masqueraded and were bad. And I had to let the person go. Right. These are the mm -hmm. mistakes I've made in addition to, Hey, this is what works. And this is what I recommend. Right. Talk to people that, that look at interview as a sport, not something you do to get a job. Right. <clears throat> and I say that very specifically, right? I look at interviewing as a sport. Every now and again, I interview just to keep the skill sharp. <laughs> Not, I don't interview people. I go on interviews right. just to keep the skill sharp. Right. It would be cruel to interview people and not have, not have a role open. It would be cruel. <laughs> just to keep well, your I, I, interviewing skills sharp. Yeah. After I finish, uh, we don't have a role. So thank you for <laughs> all right, all right. There's not actually anything open. I don't own a subway. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely also do the same thing, mostly because, um, you know, there's real-time current state testing, and by that I mean knowledge testing, uh, that I want to make sure I have the answers for, right? And I'm not saying double-click on technology, but if they want to know the best application use cases for Gen AI, I want to be able to know that I have the answer, right? Sure. And I won't be surprised in the in the future when they actually ask me in, in a real. In but a real but we do that. We do that because it's a skill, yeah. and we like to maintain our skills. We like to keep our skills relevant. We like to continue to be relevant, and we work very hard to do so. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so if you're going to get advice from people, talk to people that that not only have done it but are introspective about it. Mm. Right. Talk to people that break down what they do and why they do it, and can tell you why they do it right um there's and a use reason a skill set beyond like i use my interviewing skill set when i'm moderating a panel on stage yep. <laughs> it's the same process right i'm i'm trying to get you to walk me through a thought process so i'm going to ask you a bunch of questions that i think is the right flow for that right same thing on an interview i'm trying to get you to appreciate getting myself to appreciate whether you would solve the problem the way I think it should be solved, or if it's unique and interesting, then I want to know that too. I use it when I'm when salespeople try to you know are trying to sell me. Like I'm in the room and they're giving a demo. Okay, cool. It's an interview, right? And the more effective I am at that, the faster I can get through the layers of kind of BS that we're all kind of stuck with, and say, hey, how does this apply to my my situation, my use case, right? What happens? Um, and the response I tend to get is I really liked doing that with Howard because one, I walked away with a bunch of feedback and two, he was really transparent and didn't beat around the bush. Right. Right. And that's a skill that's super useful in an interview. Right. Uh, I really liked the interview. I'd love to come work for you because it seems like you're really transparent and don't beat around the bush. Right. And I've had interviews that lasted 15 minutes. Hey, look, I'm going to cut this short um, because there is some broken piece of communication. You're not right for this role. You're not right for this organization. We're not going to waste each other's time. This is the advice I would give you to make sure that you hit the target a little better next time. And I'm going to go talk to my recruiting team and make sure you don't get that, that this doesn't happen again because we just wasted each other's time and that's bad for both of us.
Right. And, right. and, and people that is are way better. happy with that answer, right? They, they don't want their time wasted by five interviews knowing it's not going to go anywhere. When they don't, they don't want you to ghost them either. Right. Right. Okay, cool. I'll keep you on the hook for an hour. I'll waste an hour of both of our time at the end of which you may leave with the impression that that went really well. And then you wonder why you got ghosted. Right. That's not fair. That's not reasonable. Right. <laughs> no, what's fair and reasonable is to stop it at the point that you know, it's not going to work. It's to stop it, put the brakes on and go, Hey, just for the record, like well, I'm going to stop this now and we're going to cease the process. And this is why, right. Right. This is why, right. Um, give them the feedback. Mm-hmm. And have you done the same as the interview? I absolutely have. <laughs> I I very clearly remember sitting in an office in, I want to say like Rancho Cucamonga. So at a bar. I don't know where that is. In, yeah, it's in California. Rancho okay. Cucamonga, California. Um, I thought that was a fake movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I, I'm sitting in like a four or five story building on the first floor in a little conference room and they're doing the interview. And, and finally I just went, Hey guys, like, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm going to stop You're you, while I appreciate what you're doing. Um, and I don't have any dislike for you. I'm, we're not swinging at the same level, right? Like, like for me to come work for you would be a step backwards in what I do. And, and you service a different client base than I'm, than my skills are set to service. And so there's, we're not actually going to align here. Right. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not likely to continue to grow based on how you sell, where you sell and what you do. And, and that's not taking anything away from you. Just, we're not, we're going to spend a lot of time churning and there's no value to that. So I'm just going to go. Did they agree? And I've even had one. Were they surprised? Um, they were a little surprised, but they agreed with me. Like, you know, we, we kind of stood up and they were like, yeah, you were a bit more of a get. We kind of, we kind of were stretching and we even talked about how, you might enable us to sell stuff we don't currently sell, but we really can't do that today. So, right. you know, we were hopeful, but yeah, we get it. They weren't really thrilled at the same time, you know, that they, they understood. And they were nowhere near like when it, this was, this was back, back in the days when everybody didn't tell you what they paid, you know? Right. Um, and, and they were really short on like the pay rate. I'm like, you know, right. um, and then I had another one where, <clears throat> um, it actually would have worked out fine, but the maturity of the organization was, it was like one guy. It was like, right. I'm thinking about starting this. And he was kind of a friend of mine. You know, we'd work together. I liked the guy. I had a lot of respect for him. And, and I'm like, uh, what I have right now is stable and I have a young child. I'm not going to, like, I don't have the risk profile to go to a $0 paycheck while we build something. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to, like, I, I, I'll give you some feedback on it, but I'm not going to join you. Yeah, I'm not shy on comp up front now. Right, to say, listen, here is the minimum oh, no. target first, we're, we're, we're talking about. And if we can meet first that. First conversation. Yeah. Yeah. First conversation. Yeah. Right. Um, and no, and I don't even say, I say, what is the, what is the pay band? What is the range? What is the, the, the base plus TC? What, what do we get to here? And right. how much of that is base? Like, I don't, I'm not telling you what I need. Um, but I will say, I will absolutely blast the hell out of you if you come to me with something stupid. Like, <laughs> right. it's today on LinkedIn. Ultimately low. Right. Yeah. Where, where yet another recruiter reached out and said, hey, would you like this contract position? Um, it's a VMware administrator <laughs> at $60 an hour. Yeah, they don't read. They don't read your profile. No, no, they, it's a keyword search, right? And so VMware is in your, one of your keywords, so it shows up so they just blast you. 
And I replied back and I said, not only am I not interested, right? I'm currently a CTO. It's just not like, that's not, that doesn't come anywhere close, but your pay is way low for a VMware administrator right now. <laughs> and you've also told me that your tools and network are so bad. Uh, I'm making note of you as a company and we'll never use your company because I can't trust that I can't, how do I trust that you have a bench that can actually do what I need? You've just right. blasted everyone that has a VMware in their, in their profile. Like that's right. not a bench that doesn't tell me I'm going to get anybody qualified whatsoever. That's everyone that sniffed VMware at some point during their career, all the way to people that have in-depth knowledge. And I know for a, for a fact, no one with in-depth knowledge is going to take that kind of pay cut. Right. They're just not going to not certainly not a contract, like contract rates should be 30% higher than base rates. Cause I'm going to get nothing yeah. for it yeah. and it's going to end at some point. Right. Like, no, I'm like, you're banned. <laughs> You've, you've shown me cards you should not have shown me. Right. Right. And it's like, no, we like, it's, it's also incumbent upon us to think about that as leaders and go, you know, look, like at some point I'm going to need to use services like this. And if they're going to show how poor their tools are or their people, doesn't matter which way. Right. Then, then no, I'm uh, not, I'm not going to engage you, but thank, thank you for helping me dodge a bullet. Right? <laughs> nice. Well, Carlos, good chat. Well, 100% is not my fault, but it is. I think that it's interesting <laughs> it is. to meditate and reflect a little bit in what are we doing with our people and to the audience. Take the moment, if you are in the leadership role, what are you doing with your people to help them succeed, like we discussed? But also, if you're on the other side, if you're the one that is having the challenge are you having a challenge because you're not getting proposed something to move forward? Have you have the conversation? Like you said, I know that when you go and you have the conversation, you may get one or two answers like we're discussing here. But if you don't have the conversation, you can never know, hey, I'm going to leave because was a problem with someone or was it I'm actually moving towards somewhere so I can grow and develop to that next level that I'm trying to go. So my friends, it's been awesome to see you again. Make sure that you share, you subscribe, and we'll see you on our next episode.